0: Faith Promise, how are we doing this weekend? Man, great to see you guys. It is, God is doing some wonderful things. It is awesome. We just absolutely welcome you from all of our campuses, whether you're at North Knoxville and, man, they're growing. It's, it's amazing. Blount County, Anderson County, Campbell County, the Internet, our Pellissippi, we are thrilled for you to be here. We're thrilled to just that you're here to worship with us. Last weekend, Mother's Day, almost 6,000 in attendance, didn't we? Absolutely rock? way to go. Didn't Michelle do an amazing job last weekend? Come on. Now, ladies, I don't know about you, but I told her, I think she needs to write a book called Roar Management, huh? So keep sending her good stuff, because she's been, I'm just telling her, she hit a nerve with that, and so I told her, you need to write a book, it will be absolutely awesome. Before we dive into the Word this weekend, and uh, as we dive into Colossians, and we think on the theme of roots is what we're going to be talking about, but summer is almost here. Anybody anybody excited about summer? Anybody excited about vacation? Excited about getting out of school and all those? Man, we're excited, and if you can go on vacation, man, I want you to go and, and rest, and you guys are amazing, and so many of you work so hard. Let me ask you a question. Do you guys believe that our vision that God has given us is from heaven? Do y'all believe that, man, it, that, that, it, that, that our goal to make it hard to go to hell from East Tennessee, do y'all, do y'all believe that that's, that's from God? well i 'm just going to tell you it, it drives me. It gets me out of bed in the morning. The thought of making it hard to go to hell, the thought of snatching people from the jaws of hell and having them placed on the rock that is Jesus on their way to heaven is just amazing. So I me mean, just before summer hits, and you know some people are gone, I want to give you some thoughts to think about. One of the things we 've done in the years is at Pellissippi, especially is we built and built and built. We have, we've borrowed some money as we have built. And so now we have been, we've been working diligently, at sort of changing our finances to pay debt off. Well, while we're paying debt off, we still want to reach more people and make it hard to go to hell from East Tennessee, right? And we're at a point now, because of God's favor, all of our campuses except Pellissippi need something significant. Matter of fact, we need to move North Knoxville. They're setting record attendance at North Knoxville, They've got, amen, it's amazing. (laughs) In fact, this weekend, they've got uh, a large contingency, about 20 families from Ark, Arab, Christian refugees, families that have been displaced from the Middle East that are, that are Christians and forced out because of persecution, and they're all, we're providing lunch for them uh, at the North Knoxville campus, and we're thrilled that they're with us, and, and God's just doing an amazing thing. Campbell has doubled in attendance in the last, you know, last few months, and Chad, Brandy, you're doing great up there. Blunt, wreck, just, blunt. How, over. I mean, 2000 at Easter, and so, there's so Anderson is out of kid space. There's so much that we need uh, in the way of reaching people, and yet we've decided that, that at this point in the history, we're not going to borrow any more money, so we built all of our multi-sites cash. We've done that. The only money we've ever borrowed is, is expanding the Pellissippi campus, and so when I, I think about the summer and, and, you know, people taking their tie to the beach cuz really last year we took a significant drop in June over May because people vacation and they take their they take God's money and and they go on vacation. Now, let me the average giving family, not the fam, a family that goes here, but a family that attends faith promise and gives cuz many families come and don't give. So I'm only talking about those that give. Of the families that give, they give an average of $1800 a year. Our families Now, the average Knox County household income is $44,000, right? Are y'all with me? Right? Now, I'm not a mathematician, nor am I the son of a mathematician. But $18,000 is a far cry from a tithe on a $44,000 combined income. Is that right or am I wrong? (laughs) Are y'all afraid to? (laughs) Come on, it just is what it is, isn't it? Come on, don't get funky, really. Come on, work with me here. It just is. And, and, and I'm thinking about where we are and, and what God has done. We, you know, we planted six churches this week. We planted 100 churches in Pakistan. We've got orphanages. We've got missionaries in China and Central America and around the world. And God is doing so much stuff. Our multi-sites have grown more than we ever dreamed. And so what, what, what I'm concerned about is that, because only a part of our family gives, we're gonna miss our potential because we're not gonna have the resources to do what God's called us to do. Would y'all, does that make sense? And so, as I look out, as I look through my Bible, let, let me tell you what, I, I look out through the Bible, I see most people miss their potential. Israel, you know, would fall into sin and idolatry, and I see it over and over and over. And there's two reasons why people miss their potential. One is a lack of faith; they're afraid to make the leap that God's calling them to make, right? And B is disobedience. And so, and so, what I don't want God, is God's favor on us. I mean, listen, it's, we have seen in East Tennessee what has never happened at a church. That's God's favor. That's God's miracle. That's God's hand. That's God's direction. And so for us, uh, one of the marks of covenant people is generosity. Would y'all agree with that? It's one of our values, you know, uh, that generosity, it's it's just a mark of of, of the people of God. Our name is Faith Promise because we're covenant people with God, and we ought to be marked by generosity. Now again, our vision is to make it hard to go to hell for me, Tennessee, but if we miss our vision, let me tell you what happens. People die and go to hell. Family, friends, neighbors, coworkers, teammates, people, they, they die and they, and they miss heaven and they go to hell if we don't achieve what God's called us to do. Does, does that make sense? And so let's don't miss our potential because, because we don't have enough faith to be obedient to God. Let, let's, let's, uh, you know, let's don't miss our potential because we're disobeyed God in the area of finances And let's be faithful people to God. One of the reasons God has blessed us is so many of our body are so generous and so obedient to God. But, you know, when you have a family, everybody everybody does their part in a family, right? The only only people in a family that don't do their part is the what? The babies. Because when my kids got three or four, I put them to work. I mean, I fed them. They were working. Amen? Come on. And so they had to work. The only people that don't participate are the babies because they can. And so can we grow up and be obedient to God? Let's defeat hell. Let's set the captives free. Let's magnify God. Let's exalt Jesus. Let's walk by faith. Let's be obedient to God. Let's beat down the gates of hell and take away the people the devil has. Let's move forward. Come on. And so instead of dropping, instead of dropping offerings this summer because we're taking our tide to the beach, man, let's be faithful to God and watch God pour out his spirit. So some of you are involved in the generosity journey. Others of you haven't joined. Let's be faithful this summer. If you're, you know, and if you go going on vacation, go on the internet campus because we're going to be through the book of Colossians and you don't want to miss the weekends. One of the reasons we launched an internet campus so when you're gone, you can still be with us. And it's also a great way to invite your friends. But so I want to really challenge you. Amen. Does that make, are y'all, is that okay? Come on, let's, man, let's, let's, do, the, let's do the deal. God. Father, we come to you in the strong name of Jesus. And Lord, money is just that. It's just dirty green paper. And it's just, it's, it's just a nuisance. It's a necessity so we can eat and pay for our homes and cars and stuff. And God, you provide for this church. And Lord, you've been so faithful. Even when we have been faithless, you've been faithful. And God, I pray in the name of Jesus that we will not miss our potential, that the vision won't be achieved because part of our body is is doesn't have enough faith to believe you, God, who are who is disobedient because they want other things more than they want to obey you. God, that our worship every weekend will be marked by sacrificial giving, that we would put you first over everything, God. You said to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, and body, and your neighbors, yourself, and God, as we give you the first fruit, our first 10%, and then as we take that and we do missions and we care and we give and we share, holy God, would you move in power? God, would you break our hearts? Father, we're in the last two minutes of the game. The whistle's about to go off, and this, this is going to be over. We'll never get to give again. We'll never get to witness again. Oh, God, would you break our heart for that which breaks yours. So, God, would you move? Oh, God, Father, I, I'm sort of tired of carrying the burden that, uh, of having enough resources to do all that you've called us to do. When, God, you've given the church the resources. Lord, you spoke to my heart this week. I ask you to stir this church in generosity, and you said you already have. And some just have not obeyed. I'm sorry, God. I'm sorry when we say no. I'm sorry when we disobey. And so, holy God, would you move in power? We want to obey you. We want to love you with all that we are, all of our stuff, with our families, with our money, with our gifts. Spirit of God, would you follow at every campus and let us be faithful. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said,
1: Hey guys, I'm Matt. Welcome to my garden. Why don't you come on back and I'll show you around. There are so many things that go into keeping a full garden. Gathering the proper tools you'll need for the job, finding the soil that's best for what you want to grow, making sure your plants get enough water and sunlight. These are just a few of the essentials you need to have a successful garden. And Sometimes it seems like Mother Nature herself is fighting against you. It takes a lot of patience and a lot of hard work. In the book of Colossians, Paul writes, we proclaim Jesus, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. Trying to live the life of a follower of Jesus is a lot like maintaining a garden. It takes a lot of work, dedication. It's not always easy, but the investment you make will pay off. You know, each and every one of us have a lot of decisions that we have to make, a lot of choices. And it's up to us to make sure those choices are ones that will help us grow.
0: Are we okay? We're okay. We're sure. All right. I want to make sure. I want to make sure. This weekend, we're going to start a spiritual journey through the book of Colossians. It's been a while since, we have, since we've walked through a book, and so we're going to do it. This Paul's letter to the church uh, at Colossae, and our theme verse out of it is chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Anybody receive Jesus the Lord? Anybody at all of our campuses? Come on. All right. <clears throat> So as you've received Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, verse 7, having been firmly rooted and being built up in him and established in your faith just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. So we've entitled this series Roots because it is the will of God that we be rooted that we be rooted in the Word and rooted in Jesus. The word walk means to to, to go in a direction. It means to, to make progress, to be occupied with. It says to be firmly rooted, which means to strike a deep root, a root that goes deep in that the, that the, that the plant will be able to stand the storms and winds that assail it. The, the Bible says that we're to be established in verse 7, Established in our faith. Established means to make firm or confirm. And God's goal for you and God's goal in this series is that we all grow deeper roots. Will we all face problems? Amen. Come on, the Bible says in this world you're going to have tribulation. And knowing that we're going to have problems, we've got to be firmly rooted, grounded, established. It uses the word rooted over and over in these short four chapters because that's the will of God for us. And so we're, where we wanted to sort of launch into this series is we wanted to talk about being rooted in prayer or really the heart of inter, intercept. It's an I word. The heart of intercession. Thank you. Heart of intercession. And so Michelle last week called it a spiritual roar. When when danger is around, that there's a roar, and it's for us it's a roar of prayer because the enemy is relentless. Do y'all believe that? The enemy wants to divide us. The enemy wants to destroy Faith Promise Church. It is the revealed will of God in John 10.10 that the devil wants to destroy us. He wants to divide our staff. He wants to divide our leaders. He wants to divide us because a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. And so the enemy is aggressive about whispering in our ear, hey, it's time for you to leave, or hey, this, or hey, that. And the enemy wants to divide us, but if we are firmly rooted, grounded in the Word of God, firmly established, the devil won't be able to get a toehold in the house of God. Is that, amen? Come on, that's what we want. And so, if we're going to be established, means we're going to make, if we're going to walk in Him, where it says in verse 6, it means we're going to make progress. So, as we go through this series, we're going to talk about the who, the what, the when, the why for the letter. But I wanted us to launch the first weekend, or we did, Feeling the Spiritual Heart of Leadership, and especially that in Intercession. Because as we look at verses 9 through 12 of chapter 1, we're going to see and feel the heart of Pastor Paul. And when we, when we see a biblical prayer, this is what we know, that this is the revealed will of God for us. Paul is praying over the church of Colossae, and this is what he's praying for them. And we're going we're gonna to go through that in just a minute. As, his, as God's revealing his will for them. Twice in this passage, in verse 3, Paul said, praying for you, praying always for you in verse number nine. We have not ceased to pray for you. So two times, and it goes on again in chapter four, in verses two and three, and verse 12. Again, pray, pray, pray. We're admonished, we're encouraged. And so, as Paul is praying for these folks, and we see Paul pray for all the other folks, man. And, and, and as I pray for you guys, Really, one of the things that I've learned in the last year of my walk with God, I always thought 32 years of ministry, the most important thing I could do is preach on fire. Is be anointed, is man get in my prayer closet and have a word from heaven, and man, come out and, and preach the word. And, and that is that's that's so important. But I've come to realize that there's one thing more important that I can do as the pastor of faith promise, and that is to intercede for you every day. And so I want you to know every day I am, I am on my face for you. Every day I'm praying for your family. I'm praying a hedge of protection around you. The Bible says that God will be a wall of fire around us and the glory in our midst. That he'll do that in your home and in your heart. The God, if you've got kids, he protect your kids. The devil won't have access to your marriage. God will bless you. It's just, just what I do. And, man, you can read my journal. And, it's, man, and, and somewhere I'll put injection of F.P., because I got this hieroglyphics and shorthand and all that in my journal. And I'll say, God, just right now, just flood them with the Spirit of God. And let them know they're being prayed for, whether the work or school, wherever. Just, just, just inject them with a dose of the ghost, God. Just, I mean, every day, just, just get them. And I, 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 so I pray it. I, I pray the Word of God over you, and I pray the Word of God over me. I mean, I, I do, I, and so it, there's never a day in my prayer time that I'm not quoting verses back to God, reminding God of what God said, that, hey, you do this, you do this. I pray for my family every day, Psalms 133. Lord, let my family be in unity. I pray for staff, let our staff be in unity. I pray over you, Genesis 26, 12, every single day, a hundredfold harvest. Every day I pray a hundredfold harvest over you. And so when we, when we pray the word, especially biblical prayers, let me tell you what we know. We know it's the will of God. Now, does anybody want the will of God in their lives? Yes. Anybody? Come on, Blunt. Somebody touch me at North. And what we've agreed over the years is that we know that most people are going to miss their potential. We know that. They're not going to step in in faith. They're not going to you know, take the, the, the journey that God has them. They'll go so far and then they slow up. And so, as we're going to sort of pray, walk through, and it's going to just a little different message, as we sort of walk through this passage in, in Colossians chapter 1, I want you to feel the heart of Paul, because it's the heart of a spiritual leader that is broken after a, a deep longing for God to help, help those people walk in victory. See, Paul knew that they could have victory, but not all of them were walking in victory. And so he was praying for them. Does that make sense? And so he says in verse number 9, chapter 1, Colossians, for this reason also, since the day that we heard of it, he's talking about their faith and love, that they're just just holy commitment to God, since the day that we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you. And so 1 Samuel said, God forbid that I should sin in ceasing to pray for you, 1 Samuel 12, 25. And so let me ask you, Are you praying for your family? Are you praying for your pastors? Come on, pour it on. We're prayer pigs around here. And so, you know, so Paul said, hey, I've not ceased to pray for you and to ask. And I just put a little semicolon in my Bible, okay? I'm about to know the will of God. For me, about to know the will of God for you, and so I'm going to pray some of this, and we're going to walk some of this. By the way, do you know that you don't? it's really not a law that you have to close your eyes when you pray? You know it's legal to have your eyes open? You know that, don't you? Because some of you, if you look up and I'm praying, my eyes are open. He can't do that. He's, his eyes are open. That doesn't count. I mean, obviously God didn't hear if your eyes are open. Well, I drive and pray. I fly and pray. My eyes are open. And so what does he ask for? He said, I ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will. Holy God, we say every day that we want your will. We say every day, who do we marry? What about this job? What about this money? What about this decision? And Lord, it is your revealed will that you want us to understand to gain the knowledge of your will. You've got hidden it from us, you've not put it in a dark room that we're to grope about. And so, Lord, it is your will that we be filled with the knowledge of your will. Now, the Greek word acknowledges gnosis. Where 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 you, you've heard of the Gnostics? See the Gnostics were already had already come in existence and they were attacking the Colossian church two groups, the Judaizers and the Gnostics, and the Gnostics said they had special revelation from God about God, I and mean, there was a spirit man and your natural body, and it didn't matter if you sinned, because your spirit man and your natural man were different, and so they were saying, hey, you can have adultery, you can do all this kind of stuff, we're going to talk more in the next, in the next month or so about what the Gnostics were doing, but, but Paul knew that the Gnostics were trying to draw the Colossians away from God, so he said, man, I, I listen, I'm praying that you may be, you may be filled, listen, not partially." Not, not that you may have an inkling or you may get a little insight, but you would be filled with the knowledge of his will. Is that right? Now, that, oh, well, that's the will of God for you, preacher, not for us. It's the will of God for every believer, that we be filled with the knowledge of his will. Now, the problem is this. If you listening, say I am. I am. We want to know the knowledge of his will, but we don't want to put time in learning the word. Because, see, if you knew the Word, there's so much of the time you already know God's will. You already know. But, see, because so many of us have, have not dug into the Word of God, we don't know the will of God because we don't know what God thinks about certain issues. But God has told us so much. This is a big book. Amen? It's a big honking book. And so it's God's will that you be filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom. Listen, spiritual wisdom is not worldly wisdom. God, you said your thoughts are not our thoughts. Your ways are not our ways. Your ways are higher. And so, God, we're full of justification. Lord, we justify what we want. We, we decide what we want. But it's your will that we be filled with spiritual wisdom, heavenly wisdom. God, wisdom from your word and wisdom from your heart and wisdom from your spirit and wisdom. God from your word is so opposite to this world that's set in juxtaposition against you, God. And so, Father, would you begin to endow us, all of us, at every campus, every service, with spiritual wisdom. God, we've we've been socialized and educated and, and we've in this world and we see the way the world sees it, but, God, we need to see it as you see it. So, Lord, we need to understand spiritual wisdom. Do you want spiritual wisdom? Man, you read the book of Proverbs, cry out for wisdom, cry out for understanding, cry out for comprehension. Man, it's the will of God for us. But Paul said, we see through a mirror dimly. The apostle Paul said, you know, we're, we're in this natural world, and God's in this spiritual world, and we need spiritual wisdom. Is that right? Is, is it the will of God that you gain that? And so listen, it, man, that's why you got to be in the Word of God every day. That's why you've got to be meditating on the Word. That's why you bring issues to God, and God's going to give you spiritual wisdom. That's why you go to mature spiritual counselors, people that can look at you and give you honest feedback from the Word of God. Lord, fill us with spiritual wisdom and with understanding. Lord, so much we don't understand. And God, you don't even, it doesn't even matter to you. You've left so many Blanks in the Bible, and you said it's the glory of kings to search out a matter, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter. So, Lord, sometimes we don't understand. God, what we do understand is that you love us. And what we do understand is we love you. We understand we're stuck in this physical world, but one day, God, we're going to be with you. One day, we're going to see you as we've been seen. One day, we're going to worship you face to face. One day, God, we're going to know you as you have known us. And God, until then, would you give us understanding how to walk? Would you give us understanding how to talk, how how to crucify our flesh and how to walk full of the Holy Spirit? God, mighty God. Give us understanding. Isn't this the will of God? He said, give us understanding. And he said that we may walk in a manner worthy to the Lord. Worthy of the Lord. How do you walk in a manner worthy of the Lord? Well, it's about value. You know, I wrote in my Bible, enormous cost. Now, if I were to give you a cubic zirconian ring, And then I were to give you a 10 carat flawless perfect diamond ring. Would you treat those the same? No, you'd throw the CZ on the counter. You'd pitch it in the top drawer. Really, wouldn't it? You you wouldn't even worry about it because even if you lost it, it's not that big a deal because it's not worth anything, is it? I mean, it's a CZ, who cares? But if you had a 10 carat flawless, Solitaire diamond ring. Would you pitch it on the counter? Oh, no, no. Would you take it off in the public restroom when you washed your hand? No, 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 huh? You'd probably have a little string around it tied around your wrist. No, no, you'd have it in a safe. Why? Because, see, it has such value. You would treat it differently. And because the value of Jesus' life shed on the cross because of his blood, because of his sacrifice, because the enormous cost that God gave for us, we're to walk in a manner worthy of the calling. We're to walk in a manner worthy of the cost. We're to walk in a manner worthy of the cross. We're to walk different than this world. We justify what we want. We justify all this stuff. But listen, we're to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Jesus, you spent it all. You spent it all. You were perfect and holy and spotless. And you gave everything so that our sins would be paid. You gave everything so that we could know you. You gave everything so that we could miss hell and gain heaven. Lord, you rescued us when we were in the depths of despair and sin. You, you came even when so much of it was our own fault, yet you came and loved us anyway. Is that right, church? Yes. See, come on, give him some praise. <laughs> And the reason is your pastor, I don't have any problem challenging you on any area of walk with God. None. Doesn't bother me at all to talk about money. Y'all hate it. Doesn't bother me at all. No, I take that back. All the givers don't hate it. The people that are givers say, well, get them. Praise God. He's off me. Get them. Isn't that right? It's the non givers are saying, "Why well, we should get off me? I will when you start to give. See, I don't mind. I really don't. And people get mad at me, and I don't even care. I don't lose sleep because the Word of God, the will of God, is that you walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Look what it says next. Not only worthy of the Lord, to please who? Him. To please Him. To put a smile on his face. You play for an audience of one that every day, man, when I lay my head down, so many, I said, God, I hope you're pleased today. Lord, I gave you my best offering today. Today, my life was a drink offering poured out for you. And God, I hope it was pleasing to you because you spent so much for me. And I tell the Lord, God, I'm going to worship you forever. But I've only got here to serve you and, and give back as you've given to me, so I want to please you. I want to put a smile on God's face. That's why it doesn't matter to me that people get mad at me. It, it doesn't bother me. It used to bother me. It really did used to bother me. Now I still did it, but it bothered me. Now I'm old enough, that I'm good. <laughs> Help me, Lord. I'm trying to stand in an attitude of prayer. Don't be ugly. So to walk in a manner to please him in how many respects? How many? Oh, listen, that means in your sex life if you're married. Because if you're not, you don't have one. Are you with me? That means in your financial world that God is first, that you put God first in your tithing. That means in serving. I don't know. We have about we have about 9, 000, we have about seven thousand people that come every month, and about fifteen hundred that serve. That just sucks, doesn't it? Doesn't it? I'm not good at math. but seven thousand minus fifteen, that's fifty-five hundred people that come every month that don't do jack. So listen, is it the will of God that people in the body serve? So how do 5,000 of y'all not do anything? How do you come in week after week? And I, I, I don't get that. I'd say I got to do something. But you could, come on, you could be a greeter. Not some of you because you're too mean. But a bunch of y'all. <laughs> Help me, Lord, bunch All right, so. To please him in all respects. You see, the only way that you can please him is Galatians 2.20, that you've crucified the flesh and that you're walking full of the Holy Spirit so that you consider others more important than you. And so when you're about to get into a fight with your spouse, you decide to say, Lord, fill me the Holy Spirit. Because fury's raising up from the bottom. Let the Spirit of God come down from the top. Are you all with me? So, so we're to please him in how many respects? all respects, Lord, help us please you in our, if we're made in our married life, if we're dating in our dating life, in our giving, in our serving, in our personal growth, in our business life, God, forgive us for dissecting and insecting our lives that we say, God, you're on the weekend, and then it's business, and then it's family. God, you're 24-7, God. You're Lord of all, or you're not Lord uh, at all. You're not going to be a pastime, God. You are going to be prime time. Help us as a church, to please you in all respects, bearing fruit, bearing fruit. John 15, my father's the vine dresser and I'm the vine, and you're the branch, and every branch in me produces what? But every branch that does not produce fruit, I cut it off because it's, it's good for nothing but to be thrown into the fire. See, with me, you can do anything, Jesus said. Without me, you can't do anything. And so part of my prayer time is, Lord, hey, I want to be out. Listen, I want to be so all over the vine. Are you with me? Man, I want to be so all up in the vine as a branch. I'm just trying to grab it, get a hold of it, get the sap flowing. You know what I'm talking about? And I want to be this big, heavy man just hanging over with fruit. Are you all with me? Come on, man. (laughs) Woo! Bearing fruit in every good work, Ephesians 2.10 says this, For you are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God before ordained that you should walk in. Before you were born, God laid out your good works. Then when you were saved, God had a plan. But guess what? So many of us wouldn't ever get into that good works, do we? Because we're too busy taking care of us. Too busy focused on me and my needs and my this and my that that we never take our focus off and get the second greatest commandment, which is love our neighbor as ourselves. So he said we're 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 to bear fruit in every good work and increasing, progressing, prospering, moving forward in the knowledge of God. Listen, you can understand the stock market. God's more important. You can understand the natural world. God's more important. You can be a physicist. You can be be brilliant. You can understand the the working order of things. Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived, died in idolatry. Listen, and we, we need to have the knowledge of God. And can I tell you something? Listen, this is the deal. There's only one place the knowledge of God comes from. Right there, right there, right there. Listen, and it's so easy to be lazy today. Watch Christian TV, listen to podcasts. There's some great Christian TV, there's some great podcasts. I'm, I, I listen to them. Only after I've opened my Bible and I've asked the Spirit of God to take the Word of God and to make it a rhema Word of God that I would understand it. I mean, does that make sense? Because this Bible is hard, and so that we would get, that we would increase in the knowledge of God. God, we so need your knowledge. We so need to hear from heaven. God, we so need to understand you. God, forgive us when we're so full of the world, when we don't make any room for you. Forgive us, God. Lord, let us clean off a spot that the dove of God can land one more time. Would you fill us with the knowledge of your will, God? Would you fill us? with understanding? Would you fill us with spiritual wisdom? Would you fill us with the knowledge of God? He goes on and said that we'd be strengthened with all power. The word dunamis, when we get dynamite, that we'd be strengthened with all power. How much power? All All power. Listen, people say, I'd love to quit getting high. I can't. I wish I could get off porn. I can't. I wish I could quit being greedy. I can't. I wish I could. I just can't seem to break this. And we're going to talk about it in the end of the summer. We've got an unbelievable series about spiritual warfare and breaking bondage. But listen, God has given you the power to walk in freedom. Amen. God's given you the power over the flesh. <laughs> That's what he said, Strengthen with all power. According to God's, his glorious might, his power, that's the might that flung the stars into the sky. That's the power that made you and me. That's the power that holds the universe together with his glorious might. Man, that's a lot of power. Why? Why? I'm so glad you asked. For the attaining of steadfastness. When things kill in the church days, we don't have steadfastness. People come, people go. People are not locked in. Those that are planted in the house of God, the courts of God will flourish. they just people random to and fro. I don't have to go to church. I can be spiritual and not go to church. My my Bible doesn't say that, so that's knowledge apart from the word because the Bible says don't forsake the assembly, and so I don't get that. But that we would attain for all steadfastness, and patience, joyously giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints. You hear what I said? He qualified you. Now, in and of myself, God, I would never qualify for anything except best-looking preacher. Besides that, <laughs> nothing. And, 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 but what did he say? We give thanks to God the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. God, thank you. Forgive us, God, when we gripe and moan and complain. Forgive us, God, when we so focus on what we don't have. Forgive us, God. Forgive us, God. You've blessed us with so much. And all we want is more, and we don't understand why we don't have it. God, forgive us. We grumble in our tents like the Israelites did. So, God, help us walk. This passage, this is your will for us, God. Now, Let me ask you a question. You say, you know what, Pastor, man, I I need what you've been praying. And the enemy's been trying to pull me out. The enemy's been trying to, he's been trying to uproot me. See, the enemy of your souls is always trying to uproot you, isn't he? Trying to uproot you for the kingdom, trying to pull you out of the church. That's why the Word of God says, firmly established, rooted, grounded over and over and over through this. Because Paul's warning the church, you're under attack from the Gnostics, you're under attack from the Judaizers, you're under attack from the devil, and you need to understand the will of God for you, and you've got to be established, firmly planted, struck the, the root deep. I've watched the devil in 32 years pull so many people out. I'm not talking about somebody who goes to another church. I'm talking about people that leave and they just don't go. And They never dreamed they'd be there. Now, if you're born again, the devil can't take that out, but he can take all your joy. He can uproot you if you'll let him, can't he? I had a couple of teenagers from Blount County working at the house, making some camp money. And we were pulling these shrubs up. They were horrible. It was like big weeds, I hate them. So we were pulling shrubs. We had my pickup truck, and the pickup truck couldn't pull these shrubs up. You know why? Because they were established. They were firmly rooted. They were grounded in that ground. And so we takes take shovels and dig and break those roots loose, and finally we'll pull them out, big old long taproot, holding those things in there. That's how I want to be in the kingdom of God. Isn't it for you? Man, deeply rooted. Father, we just come right now because we know there are people the devil's trying to pull out, and we just rebuke that. And we know he's trying to pull us away from you and your kingdom, and we just rebuke that. God, we want to be established, firmly rooted, grounded in the house of God, with the people of God, in the Word of God, anointed by the Spirit of God, in love with the God of the house. And so, Father, we ask you to move in power. As we walk through Colossians, would you give us a fresh, holy hunger for your Word and worship? God, would you move in power and in glory? And would you bind hell? Would you put a sock in the mouth of the snake of hell who would try to deceive us and let us walk with all knowledge and understanding and comprehension and spiritual wisdom and knowledge of you? God, would you you help us walk that in Jesus' name? And all God's people said, Somebody give God some praise. That's a little... It's a little different, but, you know, you never know what's going to happen. Now, some of us can't be established because we don't have a root system yet. You get, the, the Verse 12 finishes by saying God has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in, of saints of light. And so, see, you don't qualify yourself for heaven. God qualifies you. That's what he's talking about. So at all campuses, the campus pastors, you guys at all of our campuses, make your way down And so some of you have not yet been qualified for heaven because you've not yet been born again. The Bible says our sin separates us, but if you're ready to repent of your sin, if you're ready to acknowledge and put all your faith and trust in Jesus to save you, he's ready to save and transform you and put that taproot and then let all those roots begin to take hold in the word of God. And man, you just get heavy with fruit and walk in the anointing. So with every head, by eye, every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're ready to open your heart for Jesus, would you pray this confessional prayer? Come church, let's pray this with them. Say, dear Jesus, I know I've sinned and I'm so sorry. Forgive me. Come into my heart. I confess you as my Lord. I put my faith in you and ask you to save me. Help me walk by faith. In obedience and the knowledge of your will, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. All right, now this is the deal. Campus pastors are are on their way down front. We're going to be dismissed. And so, man, listen, again, summer's coming for some of you. Your kids will be out of school this week or next week, and, man, your RV or your condo or whatever is ready, and you can't wait to get out of town, and I understand that. And, man, listen, I hope you have great vacations, but, but stay on the Internet be faithful. Amen. Is that the will of God? Amen. Get out if you're going man go, look, go on vacation, have fun. Just don't steal God's money to do it. Amen. Amen. Is that all right? Amen. Come on man, we love you. See you guys next week.